Most of our world has been destroyed. Civilization is in a time of great danger. Our survival requires your attention. Our survival requires your labor. Our survival requires your submission. Product must be. The product must be consumed. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. Some folks have a strange idea entertainment. The following movie contains material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your discretion is advised. So come one and come all to the crumbling walls of our city now painted with red. As the stench of defeat emanates through the streets, is the life we once dreamed of now dead? But we won't break. We will fight. We will storm through the night, enslaved to their game nevermore. With the locks on our cage broken off by the rage, now it's time to settle the score. We are the frayed, we are the torn, we are the beaten and the scorned. And now you force the beast to bear its teeth. We'll come in droves like animals, hungry to reclaim our control. As we fight to bite the bitter hand that feeds, we are the frayed. And finally... Welcome to episode 36 of the Next Level Network production of What Works Behind Podcast Zero. I am your host, Postmortem Paul. And in case you forgot, I'm back. I know, it's been a bit. Uh, episode 36, we're going back to 1984, sci fi thriller. Directed by James Cameron and starring Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep, we're talking about The Terminator this week. We, me and all my multiple personalities. But anyways, so yeah, it's uh, it's been a bit. I almost feel like like it, this is a new experience all over again because it's been a fuck ton in a while since I've been uh, recording. Um... So, the reasons why I disappeared. Well, let me put it to you this way. It was unexpected. Um, I honestly had planned on recording this, what, two, three weeks ago? And, well... Okay, so, hmm, how to do this? See, I know in the social media world, in this world we live in today with all our technology and our false communication, a lot of people talk about depression online. And it's something that, for me personally... I uh, I tend to not do. <laughs> um, I don't really like talking about it much. Uh, it happens. It happens from time to time. Uh, but 
again, it's something that I've always felt is kind of a personal battle for me to deal with and not to burden anyone else with. And yeah, I guess I kind of hit a real low. Depression was high. I was low. No, uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I hit a funk, and which is really abnormal for me because usually during the winter seasons, I'm on an all-time high. When it's cold outside, my moods are usually very uppity up. Not this year. Uh, not, not this season. Because um, this actually stems back to December. Which, if you remember, in December, I only did two episodes. And, yeah. It, you know, it's one of those things. Like, I, I'm one of those people that usually when when I get struck with it and it like it's pulling me down I'm usually one of those kinds of people that's like just trudge through it just keep going and for whatever reason this time around that was not happening uh and I I you know I, you guys know like as much as I like you know shit on my own podcast quite a bit I do enjoy doing this and it is something that I take pride in and if I can't give you know a hundred percent of myself or more to an episode Odds are I'm probably not going to do it. Um, for those of you who have been around from the beginning, you remember my Suspiria episode, which was all sorts of fucking stank and shit. <laughs> and uh, I'm to this day, I'm still embarrassed I even released that thing. But um, yeah, like if 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 I can't if I can't elevate my game and I can't bring an episode worthy of people listening to. I won't do it, and yeah, what, since Christmas, Christmas was the last episode, uh, when I did, um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Black Christmas in one episode, I just, I had not been able to get my head out of the funk, and finally, finally it seems like the depression is lifting, um, mine is clinical depression, I choose to not take pharmaceuticals for it, which... I know some people would say it's very risky, but it's a personal thing for myself, and I trudge through shit. Thing was, was the podcast and other aspects of my life uh, kind of felt the burn, you know. Uh, so, and I mean, it wasn't just it wasn't just the depression. I mean, there's been shit going on. Like uh, many of you know, I have a beagle. My dog is my life. He's my child, and his health. I got struck pretty hard yet again. Uh, life with a senior dog. Um, so yeah, they, they tested. Well, first they uh, we did a the vet did a urine sample and they found there was blood in his urine. Not much, just traces, and treated him for an infection. That didn't help. Uh, so X-rays were done. Come to find out, my dog had bladder stones. It was a real shame because poor little guy, like, he'd be sleeping and just completely piss himself, and he didn't know, like, he he had no clue he did anything wrong, because technically he didn't do anything wrong. Um, but he is now on a new strict vet diet, um, which, actually, there's been a lot of improvements from that. Uh, he gets tested in a week for, uh, well, tested, they'll be doing more x-rays for, to see if the stones are you know, dissolving or if he's passed any. Um, and hopefully, hopefully there's uh, a decrease of stones in his bladder because if not, it's a very costly surgery 
that I am too poor as fuck to afford. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we're not completely out of the woods yet, but he is definitely showing a lot of signs of improvement. So that has helped. Um, and then, I mean, on top of, you know, hitting an all-time low, having my dog feel sick, you know, people. People really, you know, sometimes people know how to kick you in the nuts when you're down. And uh, I've had to deal with a few like that. And it hasn't been fun. Um, I mean, you guys know I, I constantly say I hate the human race. But, I mean, deep down inside, if I really hated the human race, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be entertaining people with, you know, my my dumb comments and, you know, my bullshit talk and whatnot. Uh, I, I like to entertain people. I like to talk. Um, oddly enough, when I'm around people and I'm in a crowd, I'm usually the quietest one. But put a microphone in front of me and I can't shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so... You know, having to deal with that as well, like, you know, there's just some people are just shitty and they they don't consider other people's feelings or other people's, you know, situations and whatnot. If there's any advice I can ever give to people is try to remember not everything is what you think it is. Uh, sometimes people are going through personal battles that you have no fucking clue about. So don't kick them. You know, because odds are they're dealing with something you have no fucking clue about. And then, as well as that, um, this is kind of stupid, but it's something that has been kind of plaguing the podcast. You guys know that uh, back in October, I left the graveyard shift from work and I went to an afternoon schedule. Well, I'm still adjusting. <laughs> Let me tell you, once you're a midnighter, you're always a midnighter. Um, the graveyard lifestyle has never left me, probably never will. I mean, even now I'm working afternoons and still not getting to bed till about five or six in the morning. And it's just the way it is. Um, I can't seem to adjust myself. And on top of that, it's made my life feel very scattered, very messy. Um, as much as I love anarchy and chaos at the same time, my own personal life needs to be organized and it has not been so. With all of that all combined, the podcast kind of suffered, and I'm going to make a conscious effort to not have that happen again, because I do enjoy doing this show. I enjoy talking. I enjoy putting my opinions out there as much as most people disagree with me. Fuck you all. I don't fucking care. But no. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, it, it was, uh, the last little bit has been a real, it's... Something that was completely unexpected. The hiatus this show took was not planned. Um, it was not me saying, hey, I'm on vacation. Fuck you all. No, uh, it's been it's been tough. But you know what? I've had support from great people. I've had a lot of good friends. Um, my PlayStation 4 group that we uh, play Call of Duty every night and we suck, but we don't care. Um, you know, they've been great. Uh, my friend from across the other side of the world, down in the land down under, you know, uh, Danielle has been, abs been able to talk and that has definitely helped. Um, it, so many people, Davey, Justin, Jacob, you know, and, and I mean, sometimes I've been annoyed with these people and other times it's like, thanks for being there, you know, like, because that's the way life is. Uh, my buddy Jeff, same thing, you know, um, which, if I'm going to drop names, my PS4 group, Dave, Corey, and Shelby, you guys fucking rule. <laughs> Might as well drop those names, too. Uh, but, yeah, and, and obviously this network podcast family, um, you know, Ben, Keith, Chad, Zach, um, 
uh, Rob, uh, I know I'm forgetting names here. I don't have them written down. I, I'm one of those guys I need to write shit down, and I didn't. Um, but, yeah, uh, great people. My family, obviously, very supportive. So you guys get the point. Like, And obviously, for those of you who are listening this week, didn't leave the podcast, uh, You know, still supporting the show. Uh, the Facebook page is still booming. The Instagram page, yes, I know it. It suffered. <laughs> so did Twitter. Um, but, I mean, like I say, like I, I, I'm going to uh, correct that. I'm going to put forth a better effort for this show and uh that's what i wanted to open up this show with because it's important it's important to you it's important to me like i don't like being that guy that's like well you know fuck my life it sucks i'm just gonna abandon everything like for a dude who has like severe abandonment issues uh that's the last thing i wanted to do so that's that uh and i there's a few other reasons that we'll stay off the podcast but yeah um that was the bulk of it. That's that's why the show suffered, and I'm back. I'm back, and I plan on uh, continuing to go forward with the show. Uh, quitting was never an option, as I uh, wrote in my write-up that hit social media last night. Quitting was never an option. I am not quitting this show whatsoever. So, with that said, um, something I want to quickly address, and I posted... On the Facebook page, I want to say about two weeks ago, came across a video that I actually remembered watching this when it aired way back in 1989. Um, for those of you who remember Morton Downey Jr., you know, he had his own little trashy talk show. He was a fucking asshole, but we always enjoyed his shows, didn't we? It was kind of like Jerry Springer. The guy's an asshole, but we love watching it, don't we? Um, anyways... He, uh, Morton Downey Jr. had an episode where he talked about violence in horror films and how it affected the psyche or the mind of, you know, youngsters and, you know, people that watch these shows at very young ages and whatnot, which I have something to say about that because I started in horror films, like watching horror films, I started at a very young age, uh, Maybe I wasn't watching the hardcore R-rated ones at the time. I was watching a lot of them through network television, you know, edited down, you know, so it, if kids watched them, they weren't scarred for life, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but Night of the Living Dead, whether it was edited or not, would have scarred a four-year-old. Um, but it didn't. Uh, I saw it at a very young age. I saw Halloween at a very young age. I saw Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, The Exorcist. I, I, I don't know if I, I'm pretty sure I've told the story on here about The Exorcist, how... When I watched it, I was too young to understand what the fuck was going on. So I kind of laughed at it. You know, the whole pea soup thing. Fuck, I laughed. You know, her head spinning around. I'm like, hey, that, that's funny. Can I do that? Like, and, which, no, I didn't try. But, I mean, the thing is, is that, so the show focused on violence in horror films. And I believe when I posted it, I did explain, you know, the, that show I posted it more for the entertainment value. Do not listen to the people in that episode because most of them went in with one argument and had nothing to fall back on. So once other arguments started getting thrown at them, instead of listening, they just repeated what they said over and over and over. Uh, it was uh, it's kind of a joke. It really is. It, it, it the the whole show. It's forty four minutes long, I believe, and it's one big joke. Um, but that being said, the theme of the show was what kind of struck me funny because it was trying to say that, like they had um, – there was – and I didn't write down any names because to me they were all idiots. But um, there was um, 
uh, there was a woman on there that was, uh, you know, she was uh, supporting feminism and whatnot and trying to say that horror films are what led to rape culture in, in society. And, you know, I, I, let's, let's be fair here. Uh, the human nature of violence has been something that was around well before horror, horror films ever even hit the screen. Uh, what, the first horror film, I believe, was in 1920. And let, let's be honest here. I mean, well earlier than 1920, the human race was violent. They were sexist. They were abusive. Um, humans at, 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 our, at our core, we are a violent bunch. We love to destroy shit. It's what we do. Um, I'm not saying that all human nature is destructive, but... I mean, Jack the Ripper did what he did, and there was no horror film that led to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it was a very it's, – it's something that bothers me because I personally myself – like, when I watch horror films, and many horror fans will tell you this, we watch these films – for escape. We watch them because we want to see special effects. We watch them because we want to see cheesy dialogue or we want to see something that is going to make us laugh because we know at the end of the day those actors on that screen are still alive. Well, unless they've passed through other means. Um, you know, like like Christopher Lee and Vincent Price, Peter Cushing. I mean, they've all passed on. It wasn't from the things they did in those movies, it was because natural causes hit them. Um, but I mean, it, to sit there and say that like horror films cause violence, I think I, I call bullshit on that because I watch horror films. I watch at least two a week, if not more. Um, and come October, fuck, I, I I'm watching three a day if I can. Uh, you know, based around my schedule and whatnot. But, I mean, I watch a lot of violent shit. I mean, even today's episode, The Terminator, is a very violent film. I didn't watch The Terminator at, how old was I, 11, 12, I think, when I saw Terminator. And, I mean, I didn't all of a sudden pick up, you know, an Uzi submachine gun and start shooting people. You know what I mean? Like, I watched it because it was something it was it was a fantasy film to me it was something that i know can't happen in real life well maybe um but more on that when i talk about the movie but the thing is is that horror films are fantasies they're violent fantasies but they're fantasies nonetheless the majority of a horror film the majority of horror films that are released are they're, they're not real. Pinhead is not real. Freddy Krueger is not real. Jason Voorhees is not real. We know this. And, you know, you can turn around and say, well, yeah, tell that to, you know, a six-year-old. But honestly, as long as that six-year-old is watching that movie and someone is there to kind of guide them, and it doesn't have to be a parent. I always hear that. Well, if parenting was done better, it doesn't necessarily have to be a parent. It could be an older brother, older sister. It could be the babysitter. As long as someone is there saying, hey, remember, this isn't real. This is a bunch of actors on a screen. And that blood is not blood. That is, you know, cornstarch or whatever, or corn syrup or whatever, you know, like cornstarch. Cornstarch would be used for cocaine. But anyways, <laughs> but you get my point. My point is, is that with the proper direction and, you know, a youngster watching these films with the right mindset, where's the problem? But then again, there's the opposing argument. Well, the kid watches it and no one's there to guide them. And now they're out there trying to be, you know, the next Michael Myers. Well, okay. So granted, but like I said, 
you know, going back to the Roman times, going back to the prehistoric times, going back to, or well, like caveman and stuff like that, caveman and shit. The human nature has been naturally destructive. We like to destroy shit. So, and I mean, what? So are you going to tell me that, you know, a kid listening to death metal is all of a sudden going to be destructive? I'll tell you this. Most people that I know that watch or watch, listen to death metal are actually some of the kindest and most gentlest people you'll meet. They use that music as a way of escape. They use it as a way of of expelling their anger. I mean, myself personally, I listen to a lot of angry music. But I do it because I can't be that angry person punching and kicking and hurting people. I, I, I have a hard enough time killing a spider. I feel bad about that shit, honestly. <laughs> so... And I know there there will be the argument. Well, not everyone's like you. I I'm well aware of this, you know, but a, a lot of it comes down to that, you know, in my personal experience, in my personal like the way I, I I've lived and the way I've seen others live. I'll tell you this right now: most people that I almost no, I shouldn't even say most. Everyone that I know that watches is, watches horror films. I've met many, many people that watch these films, and every single one of them are gentle, they're kind, they're polite. Yeah, some of them are assholes, but they're not out there killing people. Um, that's like turning around and saying, well, let's blame gangster rap for why you know kids are out there with guns. It's not necessarily the truth. You know, um, I listen to NWA all the time, and I'm not out there trying to be a gangbanger, like... I know the whitest thing I could have just said, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that's my point. My point is, is that when I posted that video on there, I posted it for entertainment value, but I also wanted to see what kind of response might it get, you know, in terms of what others think about, you know, violence, <clears throat> excuse me, violence in horror films and how it affects society. Horror films, I'll be honest with you, usually the horror section is the one that's hidden in the back of the video store. Well, it was <laughs> back when we were kids anyways. Um, but yeah, like, I remember like, okay, here I show my age, but back in the day here in Canada, we had Jumbo Video. Jumbo Video was a big chain. I used to go every Friday with my mom and we would rent movies. The horror section was at the back corner of the store, hidden in what they called the horror cave. You couldn't even see the movies without entering into this back room. It was kind of like the porn section as well. Like They were hidden from, from the, the general public. You had to know where it was to find it. Now, granted, I knew where the horror cave was, and I was there every fucking time. But that's the thing. I watched these movies. I didn't go to school and start beating kids up. No, I went to school and said, oh my god, this was so cool. I wonder how they did it. That was always my question. How did they do that? That's why I like reading Fangoria and Rue Morgue and like that. It's the intrigue of how did they do that? Nowadays, everything is, well, they did it on a computer. Yay. But I mean, that's what's awesome about the indie horror scene is they're doing things the old school way. They're, they're, they're coming up with the, the latex and the, the, the molds and the masks and the fake blood and whatnot. And they're trying to figure out new ways to make things look cool and shit. Doesn't always work, but I mean, the effort is there. That's what makes those movies so much fun to watch. And again, that you know, my mind, the way it worked was watching these things going, how'd they do that? You'll find with a lot of horror fans, that's exactly 
where their mind goes, or they want something that's going to spook them. I've even seen like, okay, like it, it, within that episode of the Morton Downey Jr. show, you know, the, the one woman had all these studies trying to prove that, you know, horror movies cause rape. And I could counter that with, okay, if you really want to go down the university road, there's been studies that have been done that show that horror films are also great for people with anxiety if we really want to go down this road because it's a controlled anxiety it's something that they know at the end of the movie the movie's done now i mean yeah i know that i have friends too that watch these films and go fuck i couldn't sleep for a week after i saw that okay yeah horror films probably not your thing you know stick with uh you know big hero six that's fine but (laughs) no i'm kidding I, i i don't want to pigeonhole anyone into categories God, that's that's the last thing we need is like you know more labels. Um, but the thing is, is it, it all in all? Where I, I guess where I'm, I'm trying to wrap all this around is is that to sit there and say that violence in horror films is what caused a violent society? Bullshit. We are naturally violent. Um, we like to destroy things. Uh, and it's it goes way back to you know the days of gladiators, the days of Vikings, the days of war. I mean, you're going to tell me that you know all these wars that have taken place throughout history and time that it was horror films that created that? No. Uh, if anything, religion and politics are probably two of the biggest causes of war, and we all know this. At what is the biggest horror of all time? Reality. The world we live in is the biggest horror there is. Um, so that's that's my say on that. I'm not going to get much further into that. If you have any comments, feel free to message me. I'd love to talk about it because I do like hearing the other arguments as well. I like seeing what other people have to say and what people think. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to knock you down. I'm curious to hear what you might have to say. Um, quickly, I'm also going to put this out there, not technically horror related, but linked because of said director james wan i did see aquaman finally and i gotta be honest i know this is a horror film podcast so i'm not gonna focus a lot on this but in terms of the dc films it's my second favorite i do i i really enjoyed it i think wonder woman is still by far the best that dc has released within recent times but aquaman was fun visually it was very beautiful at times you could tell there it was a lot of green screen. Um, but, I mean, that comes with all these superhero movies. You know that a good majority of that shit is green screen. So it is what it is. But, I mean, it was it was fun. Um, predictable? Yes. It is definitely a, pre- a predictable film. Especially if you've read the story or seen the animated film of The Throne of Atlantis. That's basically what this movie is. It's The Throne of Atlantis. But... It was a lot of fun. I really did enjoy watching Jason Momoa. Um, Amber Heard, yes. <laughs> I have no problems with that one. Um, you know, and, and Willem Dafoe was great in it. Um, Patrick Wilson was great as uh, Ocean Master. Uh, the Black Manta looked fucking sweet. Uh, really badass and pulled it off nicely considering they had to try and give it a real look in a, you know, like, because, you know, Black Manta, kind of a goofy looking character. And they made it look really dope. It was awesome. Um, and I mean, it, even Dolph Lundgren. I mean, and granted, 80s, you know, cheese star or whatnot. But fuck, he was, he was fun to watch. Nicole Kidman was great. It was a good film. Uh, I loved the music. The music was great. Um, 
I, I, I've, I know that a few of my friends said they thought the acting was kind of wonky. I guess it's because I went into it expecting it to be cheesy because Aquaman kind of always has been that cheesy character. Um, so I, I, I didn't go in with like huge expectations on the acting and I walked out pretty happy with it. So Aquaman, yeah, I, well, let's see. Wonder Woman for me is basically a 10. I'd have to give this probably like an eight or a nine. I thought it was really good. Um, that's not to knock the other films, but those two still pretty much, they stand out on top. One last thing before we get into our talk of Terminator and the age of self-destruction in society as we know it today because of technology. My Lurker's recommendation, which comes from my friend Jacob Allen, actually. He lent me a film way back a couple months ago. And again, like I said, with all the reasons at the beginning of this episode, um, movies also kind of lacked. I haven't watched a lot lately, but I did watch this one called The Devil's Rock. Uh, basic premise is these two uh, soldiers wash up on shores. It's supposed to be the day before D-Day of Normandy. And they come across this Nazi who has like summoned this demon. And the demon basically looks like... Um, the devil, I guess, uh, if you believe in the devil. Um, and it's a woman. <laughs> hey, there's a thought. You know, women are the devil. No, I I, I love you women. Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so yeah, um, it was a good movie. For a low-budget flick, I was actually quite impressed. A lot of dialogue, not a lot of gore. Um, some gore. Uh, some uh, The gore that's in it is pretty sweet. I'll give it that much. But definitely a, a low-budget flick. Uh, out of New Zealand, I believe. It's a New Zealand film. Um, came out in 2011, if I remember correctly. And I watched it, and I really enjoyed it. So I I, I thought I would recommend that as well. Um, one other thing. I did see the Suspiria remake. It will be a topic on another episode, because I have some things to say about it. Did I hate it? No. But did I love it? No. Um <laughs> And it's probably going, funny enough, in a world of remakes, it'll probably be my Suspiria 1977 remake episode where I actually do that fucking movie some justice for once. Because uh, I think I'm going to talk about both of them on the same episode. But that will be down the stretch. I have other films I want to put in place first. But if I could say this, yes, uh, definitely watch it. Make your own opinion um, because it is a film to be watched. Whether or not you'll enjoy it or not enjoy it, I've seen arguments on both sides. Uh, there's people that love it. There's people that hate it. And then there's us middle folk where it's like, we have things to say. So that's that. I have now talked for almost half an hour and we haven't even gotten into the movie yet. So with that said, let's have a break. You know how the breaks go. We drop some trailers. And when we come back, let's talk about Terminator, which is going to be interesting because the talk about the movie itself is going to be almost minimal. More want to talk about technology and how it is a big pisser, in my opinion. Um, not all, though. There's some things of technology. Obviously, I like you know podcasting, and I need technology to do that. So not everything is shitty with technology, but... Anyways, break time, and when we come back, we go back to 1984, The Terminator. 
I'll be back. I had to say that. I'm sorry. I know it's cheesy and fuck, but whatever. I had to say it. Back in a moment. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. This weapon will be powerful, versatile, and indestructible. It can't be reasoned with. It can't be bargained with. It will feel no pity, no remorse, no pain, no fear. It will have only one purpose, to return to the present and prevent the future. This weapon will be called the Terminator. You're dead, honey. What day is it? The date? 12th, May, Thursday. What year? Assigned to protect you. You've been targeted for termination. Why does it want me? Why me? Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. Your future is in its hands. Okay. So, two things. Two things I want to say quickly, and then we will jump into this movie. Um, So, number one, happy birthday to Joe Bob Briggs. I don't normally do the whole birthday thing to celebrities and whatnot. Most most of the time because they won't hear me say it anyways uh and probably joe bob briggs won't hear me say this either it's a by the way it's a belated birthday his uh, birthday was actually january 27th but the reason why i'm mentioning it is because joe bob briggs is one of the inspirations for why i do this podcast um I remember watching him uh, years ago on Monster Vision, and obviously with you know the addition of him being on Shutter now, doing the late night driving and whatnot, it's been nice to see him still doing what he always did so well, which was you know horror hosting. Um, I mean, I, I've mentioned in the past about like Count Scary, which is like a local uh, horror host here in the Windsor, Detroit area, and whatnot. And, I mean, obviously, we all know Elvira, and we all know that I like to post a lot about Elvira on Facebook. Uh, I think the woman is hilarious. Um, obviously, I'm a guy, so I find her attractive. But, you know, it's 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 beyond that. She was always fun watching her, her shows, uh, you know, uh, Movie Macabre and whatnot. It was always fun to watch. I've always enjoyed that whole horror hosting kind of thing. And... Joe Bob Briggs is no exception. Um, as a matter of fact, I've always enjoyed the way he he does it in a way that he's very relaxed and very calm. And what I what I think what I really appreciate about his um, like his performances or not so much performances, but it, it's the lack of performance feel from it when he's doing his his spiels and his you know uh, interludes with the movies and whatnot. 
he's very laid back and every now and then you, if if you're watching him like you'll notice he says uh sometimes or like or you know mm or like he sometimes he'll forget where he's he's going and he'll bounce back into it and stuff he likes to do segues and shit like that he's very human and that's what i've always enjoyed about his 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 shows and he, you know the way he presents himself when doing his horror hosting so it's something that I, like I said, he's not going to hear me saying happy birthday to him, but I wanted to use that also as a segue for the next thing I have to talk about. On top of the fact of just saying, like, you know, like from a fan who grew up watching him and is still getting the chance to watch him in, you know, it through, you know, Shudder and whatnot, it, it's he, he's, he was an inspiration for me to do what I do. And that's why I wanted to recognize it. On top of the fact that in London, Ontario, is the last weekend of April, there is a convention going on known as Shockstock. I went last year and met Kane Hodder and Tony Moran um, and Lloyd Kaufman. And like it was really fun. Well, this year, they've already announced four guests. And the four guests are huge. For me, anyways, uh, one of them being Joe Bob Briggs. I'm going to get a chance to meet my idol, and that is something that I'm I'm really looking forward to. I think it's going to be awesome. So, Joe Bob Briggs is one of the guests. Uh, David Howard Thornton from the movie Terrifier. <laughs> he is Art the Clown. He will be there. I don't know if he'll be in makeup. I really kind of hope so. I know. I think it was the Phoenix Horror Con. Where there was like a horror convention in Phoenix that he did. And he was, you know, full-on Art the Clown. I kind of hope he does that. If he doesn't, all right, well, whatever. I'm still going to meet him because the dude's awesome. And for those of you who remember from my episode of Terrifier, um, there is a web series on YouTube, Nightwing Escalation. He is a killer joker. He is fucking awesome. So I'm going to be meeting him. Damien Leone, who created Art the Clown, will be there and Felissa Rose who is Angela in Sleepaway Camp she will be there that's the first four guests they've announced so far um I'm pretty excited I already have that weekend booked off from my you know normal society job and whatnot you know because we all gotta be a part of society don't we yeah fuck off anyways um <laughs> but yeah my my day job or afternoon job whatever the fuck you want to call it I have that booked off so nobody call me i'll be meeting these guys along with whoever else they announce i mean they've still got you know good two two and a half months to announce some guests and uh looking forward to it so that's i i wanted to do that in the first part of this show and i forgot so i know i'm so horrible i'm i forgot something like you know almost like a human would um anyways and i make that joke about humans because well the main character of this week's movie that we're talking about well he's in real life he's a human but he portrayed something else he portrayed a cyborg from the future uh yeah because that's a thing could be um i don't know but no (laughs) i'll get into that in a bit um the movie I'm talking about is James Cameron's Terminator. Uh, the Terminator, I should say. You know, let's say it properly now. I uh, don't need someone saying, you know, you called the movie Terminator and it's The Terminator. Yeah, okay, whatever. Fuck off. Um, so, The Terminator. 
was released October 26, 1984. Good month, October. Great month. Um, directed by James Cameron, produced by Gail Ann Hurd, and it was written by James Cameron and Gail Ann Hurd. Um, James Cameron, what can we say about James Cameron? He knows how to make good movies. Um, I'm not a fan of everything he's done, but he knows how to make the the big explosive ones like Michael Bay, except it's actually good. Um, ooh, did I go there? Uh, yeah. No, James Cameron, um, you know, I don't have to tell you what movies he's made. You guys all fucking know this shit. You're all movie heads. Mer- movie heads, movie nerds, just like me, whatever. Still shaking the cobwebs, I know. Whatever. Okay, so starring cast. Um, it's a small cast, really. Um, there, there was a decent amount of people in the movie, but there was only about, I'd say, five, maybe six that stood out. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously. And he is the Terminator. Arbibach, all that fun shit, and you know, um, fuck you, asshole. Uh, I, that part always made me laugh. I'm pretty sure it made all of you laugh too. But anyways, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I have to say this is. I really have to think about this, but I think this is my favorite movie he was ever in, and that that's saying a lot because Commando kicks ass, Total Recall kicks ass. Terminator 2 kicks ass. Um, the Running Man kicks ass. Conan the Barbarian kicks ass. But I actually think The Terminator is probably my favorite movie he's been in. Um, Jingle All the Way. Yeah, okay, it kind of kicks ass. It's kind of funny, I'll admit. It. It's, a, it's a funny movie. It doesn't belong on this podcast, but it, it, it's worth mentioning, I guess. Uh, Terminator Genesis? <laughs> Moving on. Michael... Bean. I, I always pronounce it Bean. I don't know if it's Bean or Bane or whatever. I, I pronounce it Michael Bean. Um, he's Kyle Reese. He's the original Kyle Reese. Because, um, you know, we've had other Kyle Reese's. and But he, he was the original. He was the best. Um, he's really good in the movie Navy Seals. I always love that movie with uh, him and uh, Charlie Sheen. It's a great fucking movie. Um, Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton is Sarah Garner. Um, so she's in this. She's awesome. She kicks ass. She's going to be in the new upcoming Terminator project. Still kind of untitled, I guess. Um, I'll talk more about that in a bit. But, uh, yeah, she is Sarah Connor. She, she, along with Sigourney Weaver, two of the biggest heroes that women had in the 80s and 90s. Um, and I don't care what anyone says about that. They're two of the most badass I'm going to use the expression, badass bitches you will ever fucking know. Um, and no one has, in my opinion, no one has topped either Sigourney Weaver or Linda Hamilton yet. Um, their acting is fucking amazing, and they have played some damn good roles. Primarily Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor. Uh, Paul Winfield was in The Terminator. Um, actually, what is it? Um, so Paul Winfield... Uh, Lance Henriksen, and there's one more that was in the movie Aliens, or Alien, yeah, Aliens, and I almost said Alien, and that would have been like a huge screw up on my part, but um, I'm not thinking of it at the moment, but anyways, 
Yeah, it was kind of like the um, Aliens prequel, I guess you could say, because it wasn't really a reunion because they reunited in Aliens in 86. But yeah, they, they were both in Aliens as well. And Lance Henriksen, obviously, I mentioned him. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all you need to know for cast. I mean, everybody else, there's kind of other people in the movie, but let, I, I don't want to... I've noticed sometimes I go on too long with the cast. I'll talk about too many people that don't really mean anything to the movie. Um, so, yeah. I mean, well, there was uh, Rick Rossovich. Actually, I think that's the other one. Um, but anyways, Rick Rossovich was in this. He plays uh, Sarah Connor's roommate's boyfriend ginger and he plays boyfriend uh he has that one really funny scene where he thinks he's gonna talk like all sexy on the phone to his girlfriend and it's actually sarah and yeah and then there's the lizard i wish you know i wish i would have fucking wrote that down i wonder the the lizard actually had a name i should have mentioned the lizard because the lizard was a highlight of the film for me too but anyways we're gonna move on um so the music the music was done by brad fidel and the music is extremely iconic. Uh, it has influenced like countless artists, and I'm talking like obviously mainly a lot of electronic artists, but uh, especially with this whole uh, resurgence, I guess you'd call it. I don't know, or, you know, upcoming of synthwave artists. You know, trying to have that retro sound, but it, it's music coming out like you know in current times and whatnot. Uh, the soundtrack for this alone, this film that he did, and Terminator 2 as well, um, they have like completely influenced so many of the synthwave artists uh, to, the, to the point of, like, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on as well, but the whole idea of tech noir. Um, I mean, there are, there are synthwave artists who are naming their songs Tech Noir. As a matter of fact, the song that we'll be playing at the end of this episode is called Tech Noir. Um, and Tech Noir itself, like I said, I'm going to talk about that in a bit, but that has been a huge influence on, you know, pop culture and music in uh, especially as the years have gone on. Um, the music to this, and interestingly enough, I mean... Maybe like when I remember watching this for the first time, I didn't even know who Brad Fidel was or anything like that. I didn't know any of the scores he did and stuff like that. But I remember watching this movie for the first time and how the score really stuck out, um, especially the opening and closing themes. The dun 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 dun, dun. and I know like you're thinking, fuck, don't do that again. But <laughs> um, but that whole like that has influenced so many musical artists and. This is one of those films where, like, the music is a very key point to the movie. It, it sets the mood amazingly. I, I, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. But um, the running time on the film is uh, 107 minutes. So, you know, two hours and 47 minutes, or two hours, one hour and 47 minutes. Um, it was filmed in the United States. Interestingly enough, right now, the one they're making is being filmed in Hungary. And I saw some dude right on the internet. He was like, you know, if it's going to be a Hollywood movie, it should be filmed in Hollywood. Um, do you know how many movies are not filmed in Hollywood anymore because Hollywood's too goddamn expensive? But anyways, um, I thought that was just funny because when I was doing my research on this, I'm like, well, yeah, it was filmed in the United States. I know that. But 
it's interesting how the new one, which I'm not going to lie. I'm scared. Like, I don't even know if I'm, I, I don't want to be that guy that says I'm not going to go see it at the theater because I've seen everything Terminator related, but Arnold's got like white hair and a beard. And it's like, why? Like I thought Terminators weren't supposed to age. I know they've, you know, they've said they do age and whatnot, but like, fuck off. Like, I don't know. Like, wasn't it weird in Terminator Genesis when we, we, you know, you had like fucking Khaleesi calling him pops and he looked old and gray and stuff. I don't know. I don't, like I said, I don't want to knock it because it might end up being a really good movie. I know that they're bringing back Linda Hamilton and they're ignoring like all the sequels. I think they're even ignoring part two, which is kind of weird, but if I read that right, I think they're doing like basically what Halloween and Leprechaun and all these other fucking movies are doing where they're ignoring the sequels. I don't know if I like that idea for Terminator, but you never know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of point this out. So the budget when they made this movie was $6.4 million. And you're saying, well, that's a lot of money. Yeah, well, the box office on this was $78.3 million. Um, they usually say that if a movie doubles what its budget was, that's when it starts to make a profit. Well, I think this movie made a profit. I know the whole Hollywood accounting thing, for those of you who know what that is, movies never make money, but yeah, it, it made some, it made some dough. Um, synopsis, synopsis for the Terminator. In the year 2029, a computer called Skynet is fighting against a human resistance after having nearly destroyed the rest of humanity in 1997. Fuck, we're still around. Skynet has found a way to send some of its warriors, called Terminators, back in time. This is the story of the Terminator, sent to kill the Resistance leader's mother in 1984, before she gives birth. The Resistance sends a warrior named Kyle Reese. I I like how this synopsis calls him a warrior. He was just a soldier. But anyways, I I guess soldiers are warriors. Paul, shut up. Um, The Resistance sends a warrior named Kyle Reese back to 1984 to protect the young woman. The question is, can Sarah Connor survive? I almost said live. The question is, can Sarah Connor survive long enough to have her child so that history remains on track? Which I think that should say so that the future remains on track. But this movie and I, I along with probably everybody else who's ever watched these like movies about going back in time, forward in time, and all that other shit, it can fuck with your head. But it can lead to some of the funnest conversations. I'm not going to lie. So let's quickly talk about my thoughts on this film. My thoughts on this film. Um... Well, let's get it out of the way. I love the movie. I wouldn't be talking. Well, I, I that is one thing I'm going to side note here. Um, uh, going forward into this year, not every movie I'm going to review is one I love. I've started to realize that I spend too much time talking about movies that I absolutely love all the time, and all my ratings are usually pretty high, minus Super Mario Brothers. So. This year, I think I'm going to do things a little bit differently, and I also am looking for suggestions, which I am going to start posting on social media, suggestions for movies. Uh, If you say a Serbian film, I will ban your ass. I'm not doing a Serbian film. But 
I'm open to other films. I'm more more or less what I'm looking for is not so much movies that you guys are going to try to see if you can gross me out because you won't win except if it's a Serbian film. <laughs> but I'm more looking for films that are bad and films that I can have fun tearing apart because I I've realized that with this podcast I spend way too much time ranting and raving about how much I love movies and I don't talk enough about movies that. You know, I kind of could have fun putting down. That's not to say like I'm going to put it down in a mean way because every film I believe is made with some form of passion. Whether or not we like it is a different story. But every film, every filmmaker, every actor goes into a project hoping to do something good. It's just sometimes it doesn't work. So anyways, that was kind of my side note is that, you know, going forward with this podcast, I'm going to start doing films that I don't necessarily like. I may even put myself through torture of watching movies like The Blair Witch Project. Oh, sacrilege, right? Because I don't like that fucking movie. But anyways, (laughs) that's the kind of idea I want to go forward with, though, with some of these reviews. Not always talking about movies I love, but talking about movies that I don't love. Um but back to this movie now. I do love this movie. Um, the special effects, the actors, the music, and the story, all of it works. And it works on high levels. Um, now, and, and, interestingly enough, how to classify this movie. And this is something that uh, when I watched the movie a few weeks ago, I brought it up on my personal uh, Facebook account. How do people perceive this film? Is it action? Is it sci-fi? How, how do people see this movie? And I mean, you could say all of the above. Um, the reason why I wanted to do this movie, and I wanted it to also be a film that I did early in the year 2019, uh, for two reasons. One, we are living in a technological world right now. Are we on track to be, you know... In 2029, could we be where this film claimed it would be? Well, not really, because the the initial war of Judgment Day, if I remember correctly, takes place in 1997. Well, we're still fucking here and destroying everything that we see anyway, so obviously that part didn't come to pass. But in 2029, could we actually have robots walking around the planet i mean and this is a theme that was brought up in the matrix as well you know the whole idea of the rise of the machines and the machines overtook the the human race this is something that comes up a lot of times uh ghost in the shell the idea of machinery parts being used as prosthetics that's come to pass already we we are already doing that in in the medical fields in our homes we have computers that are tracking us constantly. I know nobody likes actually admitting that, but your Google Homes, your Alexas, your Series, your your phones, your your smart TVs and everything is tracking you. It's watching you. It's watching what you do. We technically are surrounded by robots. And so the idea of, you know, it, with the with the relevance of technology in this movie, Back in 1984, when it came out, yeah, you know, people just figured it was some futuristic, you know, like just a fantasy. But it's starting to almost look somewhat realistic, not obviously to the level in this movie, but how do you perceive this movie? I mean, obviously there's action. So 
action. Yeah, it, there's people that it, I had friends telling me they they saw this as an action film. Sci-fi, well, it's definitely science fiction right now. I mean, we don't we can't send people back in time. We can't send robots back in time. Uh, the whole idea of the future existing but not existing i mean oh, that 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 alone can fuck with your head for, you know it, it depends on what your personal beliefs are beliefs are like you know do you believe in god do you believe not in god are you atheist are you agnostic uh, religion can play a big part in that because do you believe that someone has already set your path that you will go down do you believe that fate is inevitable do you believe that fate is not inevitable i mean there's a lot of ways that this this movie alone the story to this movie can fuck with you um so is it science fiction well it, from a lot of our standpoints it is horror now, see, that was interesting because when I brought up that there's the horror element to this film, th th this movie of the whole Terminator saga, what TV shows and other movies and whatnot, this is probably the one that has the most horror elements in it. Think about it: a killing machine stalking a woman. We've seen this. We've seen this time and time again. There's a killer stalking its prey. That is a big horror element. I mean, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Leatherface, and all the rest of them, that's what they do. They're stalking their prey. Well, this, it's a, a cyborg stalking its prey. Um, the the sound of the music, the music, that it, it gives that atmosphere of a lot of horror elements. The idea that it's indestructible, it's indestructible evil that cannot be stopped. This is something that could very well, very well like play into a horror film. Um which is why, again, like, what lurks behind Podcast Zero, yes, I mainly focus on horror, but I like to go outside the, the genre as well and look at sci-fi, cyberpunk, and stuff like that. This film, as well, also has, you know, the, the elements of horror, but everything else around it as well. It can also be, like, somewhat dystopian. Because not so much in 1984, but when it's showing the scenes of 2029, you're seeing a world that's been destroyed. It's been destroyed. It's it's filled with chaos and destruction, and the robots are winning. You know, well, John Connor is the one who will you know force the humans to overtake the machines, and so for me personally, when I when I approach this film, I kind of treat it as a sci-fi thriller with a little bit of film noir to it. And that's how I've always perceived it. But, I mean, you this can be labeled many different things. There is a love story within this story. Um, so, I mean, you could look at it almost kind of like a romance. I mean, not really, but there's obviously romantic elements to the film as well. Um so that was something that like I found very interesting. Um, I probably should have done it on, you know, the social media account like for Facebook and whatnot. But again, like I said, at that time in my <laughs> during the month of January, I, my brain was very much scattered and all over the place, and I really wasn't thinking too straight. So is what it is. But getting back to the idea of technology, and this is. Um, well, okay, hold on. Let, let's focus on special effects for one second because special effects, I, I specifically left one credit out when I was talking about like cast and crew and whatnot because the special effects of Stan Winston need to be mentioned. For a movie that came out in 1984, 
it's was I I would almost go as far as to say it was like right on point with where it should be technologically. The funny thing about this film is that it still stands the test of time. I can still watch this movie today. And I mean, yes, obviously with the advancement of computers and whatnot, you could easily remake this movie and polish it up and make it look even prettier. Okay, fine, whatever. If you really want to go that route, you'll piss off a lot of people. Let's put it that way. Because the original film for The Terminator really does hold up. Yeah, I mean, yes, we have your toy models. And you can tell they use toy models for, you know, the HK Hunter Killers and whatnot. But it still worked. And, it's, again, it's the story. The story is what pulled everyone in so much that even for the scenes where, yeah, it looked a little hokey and whatnot, it still worked. It, it that Okay, the scene where Arnold is like pulling his eye out because he took the the buckshot to the eye or whatever. I mean, when they show like the Terminator's head is like looking at itself and you see it's got the red eye now. And I mean, you can tell it's a fucking model head. Like it's not Arnold's face. We can, you can easily tell, but it's almost like that's something you can appreciate for the film. I mean, yeah, it, in today's you know expectations of what we want to see on the screen it's not going to look like atlantis and aquaman um but i don't mind i i like the raw look to it i like the again something that i've always appreciated is practical effects may it may not completely work but the passion was there and the special effects in this film i for me personally they still hold up for the most part not everything does, but it still works. And again, like it goes back to the story though. If you have a fucking movie that has like a killer fucking story, everything else will just fall into place. Even if it doesn't completely work, it'll still appease the fans. So now we'll go into the idea of technology in our current times. And like I was saying earlier, we have computers and machinery all around us constantly tracking us watching our every moves i mean like nowadays it just yesterday i ordered a pizza and i didn't have to talk to anyone i could do it online you know i just go on my computer and put in what i want or there's apps god fuck we have an app for fucking everything these days i'm surprised there's not an app to scratch my nuts when they're itchy yet like so you're watching this movie and the whole idea, okay, time travel is something that I think is still well beyond our understanding because I, I honestly don't think time travel itself can happen. Personal belief, I know there's people out there that you know do believe time travel is possible and I enjoy reading the arguments for it, but I'm still kind of on the whole idea of eh, shit don't happen. But the idea of Skynet. Okay, so Apple, Microsoft, these names ringing a bell, uh, Google, um, you know, the, the, the idea of a big computer company trying to create that AI, that AI that should be almost smarter than us. Are we far from it? Eh, I still think so. I mean, I was just, I, I was at a friend's house just a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were playing the uh, RPG game, uh, of Arkham Horror. And my friend was trying to get their Google Home to 
play no it wasn't play specific music i forget they were asking a question about what actor was in a certain movie and the google home did not translate what they said properly and gave us some fucked up answer so i don't think that ai or artificial intelligence is where it should be that we could believe a robot could literally come into our 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 existence and completely fool us <laughs> into thinking it's one of us but by 2029 well that's 10 years from now let's see what happens because i know what 10 years ago in 2009 eh, cell phones were well actually i think that was the time when cell phones were trying to get smaller it's funny if you watch like if you ever look online you'll see like you know the timeline of of telephones and how they you know they started off like kind of small, got big, got small, got big, got small, got big. And now they seem like they're going the way of getting bigger again because like the iPhone 10 or – no, wait. What is it? The iPhone 8 is kind of big. iPhone 10 or iPhone X or whatever is kind of big. You know, you get these Android phones now. They're like mini tablets. And then you have tablets on top of that that, you know, so many people you see them using nowadays. And laptops have gotten thinner. They're not as wonky and bulky as they used to be. Desktop computers seem like they're almost on the way out. Um, I know my desktop computer is a piece of shit, but anyways. uh, But yeah, like technology, we're definitely pushing boundaries and trying to make computers do more for us so we have to do less. Um, You see it very much in the retail world, self-checkouts. And the big argument of self-checkouts, do they steal jobs, do they take jobs away, or do they create more jobs? I personally don't care for self-checkouts myself. I prefer the one-on-one human-to-human contact as much as I hate people, which is always interesting with me because I constantly will say how much I don't like interacting with people. But when it comes to like you know buying something at a store... I actually prefer to talk to that person. Um, when you w- calling, you know, uh, a tech support group, or you're calling, you know, now even like just to call in sick at work if you have to. Like you have to go through all these channels of press one for this, press two for that, press three for this. And it's like for fuck's sakes, can I just talk to somebody? It's a lot easier to talk to a human than trying to navigate through one through nine. What fucking number I push? So, I don't know. And you got to keep in mind, the guy talking right now in this podcast is a guy who came from the, you know, the 70s and 80s when we didn't, our idea of technology was the Atari 2600 or the original Nintendo. Um, (laughs) You know, and my idea of technology was a record player, Um, you know, eight track tapes and cassettes and whatnot. Technology back then was very basic. It was very simple. It was funny also to see how many people couldn't figure it out. Um, nowadays, they'd be royally fucked. But when I, all in all, where I'm going with all of this is when watching the movie The Terminator and knowing where we are today, it's, it, 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 I find that with time, this movie ages like a fine wine because of the direction of technology in the human world when it came out in 1984 it was considered just a pure fantasy and a you know a fun action film where today especially with the whole idea of reality being the scariest horror there is 
Every year that passes seems like The Terminator becomes more and more a horror film of where we're headed. And I swear to God, if all of a sudden someone creates a company called Skynet, the world is going to fucking freak. Why is this important to this film? Because it has made this film stand the test of time. More so than... Well, okay. Terminator 2. That's a fucking damn good sequel. Um, I still like the first one better than the second, but let's face it, the second one is a damn fucking good movie. Um, but all the other sequels, what, whatever. Um, but the, the whole idea of like what I'm trying to get at with this film is that the reason that this film stands the test of time so well is because of how scary our world is with technology today. And I know people will say, well, you're looking at technology in a negative light. Not necessarily, because there's a lot of things about technology that I do love. I do love Netflix. I do love podcasting, which I need technology to do podcasting with. I have been made aware of and made friends with people that I would not have met any other way other than with technology. There's a lot of good to technology too, especially in the medical field. The medical field has proven time and time again that technology is a very important and key aspect. But we all know, as I said before, human nature is destructive by fault by or by default. Um, and with technology in the wrong fucking hands... Well, kind of makes you wonder. So, there's that. There's the TV series, Sarah Connor Chronicles, I'm going to mention very quickly. I personally love it. I know it was not a fan favorite amongst, you know, the masses. But there was a a pocket of us. There was a, a group of us that we became diehard fans of that show. It sucked that it ended the way it did because it left it on a complete cliffhanger that we never got a conclusion to um but again the sequels as much as they were subpar at best genesis sucked i do actually like terminator salvation but that's a personal thing um and like i said new project coming and whatnot terminator has obviously impacted the world to the point where we've embraced it to constantly allow these remakes and these reboots and these these sequels to happen and whatnot. Uh, there's been a comic book series, which I actually have issue number one. Yay! Um, but yeah, there was a comic book series. There's been countless fan fictions and novels and whatnot. It, it's created its own empire, much like Star Wars and Star Trek and He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and, and you know, these big, these big, like culture changing like epics you know and and obviously i mean much like you know uh star wars and star trek you know with age and with constantly trying to make more and more they've decreased in quality uh not so much popularity but the quality of the newer star Wars films as opposed to you know Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, you're never going to top those two, so stop trying. You know what I mean? And it's the same with The Terminator. This first film will always stand on its own. The idea of tech noir. Now, I mentioned that briefly as well. Tech noir. There are clubs in the world known as tech noir. There are bands that are writing songs called tech noir. Uh, the idea of that that smoky club where there's people dancing and, you know, it was very underground, very goth, very, um, and, and, you know, like 
very cyberpunky, you know, in its own way. Um, it, it it's become something that you know a lot of people that are into the whole idea of cyberpunk or dystopia or whatnot. Tech noir is something that they are familiar with. Um, the the Terminator has impacted us in ways that I don't even think James Cameron expected it to impact us. I think honestly, when he went into this, he figured let's make a sci-fi movie about a stalker cyborg chasing a woman and this soldier is going to be her protector and will fall in love with her and stuff. And again, you know, back to the future, I think is still probably the biggest time travel movies uh, like movie saga, and I swear to God, if anyone ever tries to remake that, watch the world explode because fuck, people will be pissed. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sum all of this up uh, with the uh, with my thoughts on the fact of first off, this movie for me is a ten out of ten. It is it's it's perfection even with its flaws, and there are flaws. Some of the dialogue's a little wonky. Um, like I said, the special effects, a little bit dated, but still really stands strong on its own. But the story, the story and the the, the fact of the discussions that this story created. Um, I, I don't want to say... It, I'm pretty sure the stories were going on before the idea of the Terminator, but looking at our current world, how technology is really starting to overtake us. I mean, to the point where like people can't look up from their fucking phones. People look up. I swear to God, I hate when I'm walking and someone bumps into me because they're staring at their phone. Your phone will be there five minutes from now. Focus on where you're walking. Go to from A to B, go there and then look at your phone. If you really feel the fucking need to, um, I know. Sorry for that little rant. It just, thinking about like how like you know it's like an appendage that's like stuck to people's hands nowadays um but technology has it's in a very overwhelming way it has taken over and can we believe that a, a a skynet could exist i think so i don't know if by 2029 but i think a skynet will eventually exist especially with the fact that destruction is part of the human nature and humans are creating this shit so the terminator for me has always been an impactful film it's always i love bringing it up in discussions because the discussions i've always had have been very intellectual they've been fun very creative and i love the idea of what this movie just bringing it up what it can do to a group of friends or acquaintances or wherever you are like you know it's a very thought-provoking film in a way that probably james cameron did not plan and on that note i want to say thank you for listening i want to say thank you for sticking with the show thank you for coming back um i know i was gone for a bit and like i said i want to correct that i want to go forward with the podcast and continue to do what i love doing and that is talking to all of you so thank you for sticking around and coming back i'm going to try and make this ending go quick to the point because i always have this tendency to stray off so where you can find the podcast on the interwebs 
on the internet, on the social medias. Uh, NextLevelRadioOnline.com slash Podcast Zero is the home of what lurks behind Podcast Zero. What lurks behind PodcastZero.com. That is the site that I run. I post... Well, I think I've posted one, but it's supposed to be like a, a place that I can go to blog about things or post links to the episodes and whatnot. I do want to focus more on that this year and interact a little bit more doing like write-ups and blogs and stuff like that on Facebook, facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero on Twitter at WLB podcast underscore zero. Um, I also want to mention that um, next level network can be found on Facebook. DC primetime can be found on Facebook. Uh, Caffeine crew, the melting pat thoughts with TNB. These are all podcasts that come from the next level network. And I wanted to, you know, it, check them out i there's um oh shit keith i apologize i can't remember the exact name of your uh this week talking about i believe is what the name of his newest podcast is i'm going to make sure i get that right next week but keith uh who was part of the oyster mill podcast is now doing his own and that's part of the next level network um the next level network i currently right now i'm the only horror podcast on there but there will be there will be more that there's there's talks of new podcasts coming and there's gonna be you know new things coming out this year Uh, i know that i can't say everything but ben has talked about bigger plans for this year so keep your eyes open and pay attention to the next level network because if you like podcasts we're we are not falling short of content that includes this podcast like i said quitting was never an option so i will continue to do it um if anyone asks you where to find the podcast itself itunes google and spotify and i'm promoting all of them on the 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 facebook page the website everywhere uh spotify is something that i'm new to and i absolutely love I was always kind of intimidated by it earlier, and now, fuck, I can't live without it. Um, So if you like your podcast and you like this show, Spotify, and you can stream it right from there. Finally, and then I'm closing this out for the week, next week's episode. And there will be an episode next week. I will make damn sure of that. Um... Next week's episode was actually a movie I watched just today. Uh, we had a winter storm hit us here, and I usually like when it, it, when like winter storms happen. I like to watch movies that have winter storms or snows in them, you know, snowfalls and whatnot. And so I decided to go with next week's episode. So I've already watched it. Yay. That's one step ahead already. But next week's episode, starring Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall, the movie that was based on a story by Stephen King even though Stephen King hates this fucking movie the Stanley Kubrick classic from 1980 The Shining will be next week's episode and that's that, that's it for me I'm going to shut up now, I'm going to let Perturbator close off this episode with the song called Technoir like I said Um, and yeah, thank you again everybody that's that, I'm done, shutting up Bye now. Um, yeah. That really sounded lame, didn't it? Bye now. Yeah. I, I don't know. 
I really... I need to just shut up. All right. I will be back next week. Take it easy, guys. Keep lurking.